This is great. I'm sitting here talking to someone who thinks he's Cupid. The, the naked kid with the bow and arrow, that was some idiot painter's idea, not mine. Believe me, look, use your brain. The Greek and Roman empires fell. I mean, do you think we just dried up and blew away too? We, 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 who? The, the, the gods, the gods, Jupiter, Mars, Apollo, we're, we're all over the place. Come on, we're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And Terry, you're back. I am back. I implied that you rubbed a magic lamp and disappeared. I wanted to believe that you went to the the DMV of, uh, you know, like that episode we just recently covered. But luckily we had another airy fill in. Another airy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I um, I hope you guys appreciated uh, and enjoyed the last episode, the slight detour into uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, with with um, uh, my wife, Mary. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun discussion. I always joke about my podcast husbands, so I thought it was about time to have my actual wife on a show. And thank you. Uh, thank you, Mary, for uh, putting up with this guy, you know, you know, through life and the podcast. So you had to come back and just be like, well, I guess I'll give him a little bit more time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that that, that brief detour. Um, so, a uh, couple things I want to get into. Uh, one, um, we have uh, we have some um, um, not criticism, but we have a concern uh, that happened uh, about the last episode about oh. uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? So, um, where where was the statement here? Um, yeah, so a uh, listener of the show, Daniel, who comments on our, our uh, Facebook all the time. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, we appreciate your support, and we, you know, we appreciate it, right? He he wrote that, uh, I remember loving Are You Afraid of the Dark when I was a kid, so I, I bought the whole series on Blu-ray. Now I'm afraid to watch them because of you. I don't want to, I don't want them to have sucked. <laughs> so... Um, like, and I, I responded back, like, you know, like, you know, your, your mileage may vary, but it is, it's, it's the nineties is as Canadian as it can be. I, you know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like if you enjoyed it, then you're going to go back, you're going to have fun with it. it. You know, there's fun to be had with this. It's just I, my, my whole thing is like, yeah, we do take shots at the show. Cause it's a fun, silly little show to take shots at. Right. Like we've covered three episodes so far on this series of uh, strange highways. Um, which is the first time listening after Are You Afraid of the Dark? This is a Twilight Zone podcast where we watch the Twilight Zone in order. But more to the point, um, my my reason I get a little grouchy about Are You Afraid of the Dark isn't because it exists, isn't because it's a fun little gateway into uh, anthology horror, which is what Mary did bring up during our last episode, rightfully so. It's just that I have a problem with like this um, super nostalgia of how things were so much better before. It's like, I don't know, go back. Is it? Is this good? As you remember? It's fun, <laughs> you know. Like, like, um, and I say that with with a big heart for the Twilight Zone. You go back and watch the original series. There are amazing moments in that, and there is some 
real garbage there too. You know, I'm not blind to it. I just, I don't like blind nostalgia. So that's where I get some frustrations with people that hold up. Like, are you afraid of the dark? Again, it's perfectly fine. What it is. It just, it, I don't know. It, it, it is what it is. And it shouldn't be higher or lower than where it is, if that makes sense. And uh, to add to that, thank you, Daniel, for uh, giving us your feedback. And we're always looking forward to that. Good, bad, whatever. And um, yeah, it's not to really crap on the series. And I'll I'll align myself with Paul uh, in most ways. Uh, I did grow up with, uh, you know, with Are You Afraid of the Dark? I looked forward to it every weekend. It was something that was really important to me in my uh, my growth and youth, as, and like getting a lot more comfortable with horror. Uh, I'm 38, you know, like it's it's something that just kind of became something that was along the sides with a lot of other yeah. really really messed up stuff that I was watching. But just to see the difference in storytelling was really important too. And you know, like if, if you talk about something like Goosebumps. It was a little bit more hard edged, but you know, it's still like it's step below like Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, it just again, it, it's it's um, you know, young adult entry level anthology horror, and that's it, it aims for what it is and mm. it, it, it executes that well. Uh, it just my gripes are one nostalgia and two, it's like these are grown ups writing all of this, so there's times where I'm like, hey, maybe you know, there's there's a way to do smart, uh, you know, kid horror. Right. Anyway, but neither here nor there. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We had fun watching it. We had fun talking about it. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up to you, Terry, that um, I didn't realize until like a couple of days ago, because I'm bad about uh, paying attention to these things. Uh, we're recording this on April 26th, right? Which is uh, Alien Day, but that's not important. Everybody, I, and may you have a happy Alien Day. You know, may may all your LV two LV two four sixes blossom into xenomorphs. I don't know, and all your means. future ones, because you're probably. More than likely, listening to this in the future. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, this is going to release later, but it's being recorded on 426. This is actually the official day to the date where we're recording this, the six-year anniversary of Strange Highways. So I got to throw one of these early. Here, what, what, we got this one of these. Mm. And then one of these. A robot. So we got to have some early, early uh, Twilight Zone there. So it, early it, Strange Highways. Yeah, it's, uh, so cheers to all you folks that have been following for the longest time. Yeah, six years, and then we appreciate to celebrate. It. We're bringing you um, th- what we're talking about tonight. Uh, so <laughs> it's congratulations. still Twilight Zone. It, it so. is. It techni- yeah, it is. It is not technically. It is the Twilight Zone. So we're yeah. getting into it. Is Ye Gods season one of the eighty series? Which I found out. Like I was talking about how some of this stuff's hard to find. It really, you can YouTube some of this stuff too. I found this on YouTube because I was trying, I forgot my DVDs upstairs and I was downstairs and I was like, I'm going to watch this segment real quick. It's on YouTube. It's very, very easily accessible because I've been able to watch it at work when I don't have my DVDs. So I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm sure it's probably there. And I easily found it. Yeah. So there we go. So it's there. Uh, So it is Ye Gods, season one, episode five, segment B. It is the bookend to uh, If She Dies. Uh, So this this one's just, you know, I we'll we'll get to our thoughts about this as a complete episode at the end. But there we go. So let's get into uh, who did what here. All right. So uh, our director is uh, Peter Medick. Is that? Yeah, Medic. Yeah, yeah, Medic. Medic. Clear. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he, we will contribute to six more uh, storylines to come in the future here uh, that we'll be talking about. Uh, he was also the director of uh, Species Two, and he the better did, one. 
I don't know. I've never seen Species 2. You've never? <laughs> I've seen the first Species. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, hold on a second. Sir. Uh, no, no, no. I've seen Species, and I've seen I've seen Subspecies. Isn't that the prequel to Species? No. <laughs> subspecies is I wish full this, moon. I wish this was a video podcast just because the, like, the, the, the shot of like Terry being like, wait, what? Like was no, was worth it. Don't you dare talk about be <laughs> subspecies that <Okay>. way. <laughs> but uh, uh, he also did uh, one of the uh, storylines in Masters of Horror, mm-hmm. which uh, we're getting a little bit more comfortable in, and maybe we'll, well talk maybe about we'll visit that future. as well. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, and then uh, he did the Changeling, which is one of the, like my favorite. Um, well, I mean, it's up there with like. And I've watched this movie like in the last couple of years, so I, I was not familiar with the Changeling. And I was, we more was, recently just discussed. Briefly, if you want to talk about ghost stories, ghost stories, yeah, and especially ghost children, the changeling, changeling which I had Bam. no idea that after like the segment, if she dies, which we referenced the changeling, we're getting into this segment directed by the guy that directed the changeling. Changeling is a great movie. It's probably one of my favorite ghost story films. It's incredible. It, yeah. I mean, outside of Poltergeist, it's probably one of the best, honestly. Um, yeah, so it's it's solid. I also want to point out here that uh, Peter Medic also directed one episode of Breaking Bad, uh, Tales from the Crypt. So like the guy has he has a pretty wide variety of things that he's done. Um, so yeah, like, we and, get we get a seasoned veteran coming in here directing things. And, and no wonder he would have been a part of Master of the Horror. You know? Like, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, the Changeling. Which again, like my my um, you know my bar set for ghost stories for films and TV are kind of low in terms of like where where I call bullshit and I just pull the ripcord and I'm out with like disbelief. But the Changeling's pretty goddamn good. So yeah. yeah. So and then next here we have our writer as uh, Ann Collins. Uh, one more uh, segment that we're going to have to discuss later on. Uh, and then she did some Perry Mason movie like made for TV movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, worked on a lot of Madlock, so a lot I, of lawyer-based TV yeah, stuff. So, yeah, like I have her, her also with uh, a bunch of Nancy Drew video game scripts. So, so she, she likes uh, crime stuff, and then Fantasy Island. So sure, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, but really well established. The the Nancy Drew video game stuff surprised because it's like she was like on for like the bulk of them, which I think they're all PC games. But again, yeah, if if you're good at what you do and you know how to write for a genre, you know, hats off. I'll just, I'll say that, right? Like, cause the, the writing for video games is, is, is distinctly different in terms of story, like carrying people through than like other types of, uh, media. I remember those Nancy, uh, Nancy drew, uh, storylines too, because like I used to work at, uh, a uh, store that would sell computer supplies and they would have compilations. Yeah. There you go. That's, and that so, would be one of those. Yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, next here we'll get into our cast and uh, David Dukes. Yeah, I'm uh, glad play. you put the emphasis on the S there at the Dukes. end because it'd be a way different person if you just called it. Never mind. I don't, <laughs> but like David Duke, not nope, that's not David Duke. That would, like, I, never mind. If Terry, okay, if you don't know, don't you don't know? But I was no, like, I'm I glad don't. that his guy's David Dukes. But we'll get to one of his credits that doesn't make it sound great either. So let's continue here. Oh, okay. So yeah. uh, so uh, he plays Todd. Uh, Ashnier? Uh, Edinger. Edinger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they kept on saying this during the uh, episode, and I was like, I, I don't know if I can pronounce that correctly. So, <laughs> no, like Edinger almost sounds like... I don't know like, how to speak it, well. That sounds like um, like an Ent from Lord of the Rings. It's like, hmm. that's Edinger over there. And he's just like, he's like the cool hipster one of all the Ents. <laughs> you know? He has a cap like mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so he was... Milady. You don't have one of those hats. So anyway, continue. No. <laughs> uh, so the, the, the thing I was most um, aware of that he had... Uh, played a character in was Rawhead Rex, which 
is not a good movie, but it is a Clive Barker adaptation. I've never seen Rawhide Rex. I've I've, I've heard like I, I saw like one of those ones I should probably at least see. If if you are at all interested in watching certain horror based like things for St. Patrick's Day. The events take place in Ireland, and it is a terrible movie. <laughs> it is terrible. Like it, it's there's oh. a monster in it, and uh, you know it's again written by Clyde Barker, and it's a shit movie. So, yeah, okay. there you go. Well, there you go. So I have some other stuff for him as well. I don't know if you have anything else. Yeah, I know. The other things I was going to say is that he uh, he took part in the uh, the raw. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, the rawhead rose, Ro- rose red. <laughs> Rose Red miniseries. Well, kind of, because he died of a heart attack while it was being filmed. So, he, But he was in all three parts of it, though, right? Okay, well, I mean, sure, but he died while they were making it. Oh, so, dude. yeah, he died on October 9th, 2000, uh, in Washington while on location shooting Rose Red. Oof. So I do want to mention he was also in Dawson's Creek, just, you know, for all, for all you youngins out there, right? And then here's, here's the thing I was going to mention that it's like, oh, he's this guy. This is something I've never seen, but I'm aware of it. It's a, it's kind of like the pop culture kind of like lexicon. Uh, throughout his career, uh, D- uh, David Dukes uh, was television guest star, notably as the man who attempted to rape Edith Bunker on All in the Family. D- Terry, do you know what I'm talking about? No, there was, I, I there watched was one of those, a lot like, of that series. There's one of those like very special episodes where somebody tr- attempted to you know, to, to, to eat at the bunker. And that's not good. Like in terms of, I mean, in terms of like the storyline, that's bad, but he was the guy that did that or almost yeah. did that with all the things that happened with that, that storyline and everything. Like I did not know that. And it's, that's really, yeah, there you go. So freaked up. All right, well, welcome <laughs> to strange highways, everybody. Um, there, yep. That, yep. Uh, that's what we do here is kind of have some laughs and then we uh, make it real dark. There so, was a lot of dark things to that series anyways. So. Oh, for sure. No. Like, and that was kind of the appeal that it felt like a real family. Yeah. Right. So, and I, I don't think you have the stuff that we like, you know, and this is, this is me extrapolating really far out. So bear with me, but like, um, there's a that trend now where there's a lot of animation where it's like sweet and sour where like um, you have your fun but you also have like your moments of like grounded in reality where it's like oh shit this is bad mm-hmm. um, or even other TV shows too like you know but it's like um, you know, even like, like maybe even something like the office where it's like, it's a comedy, but then it gets like, you know, it gets super serious in terms of like the real life implications of what's going on. You, I don't think you would have a lot of that without all in the family kind of pushing boundaries. You know, so, so yeah, like, you know, but so that's the storyline they chose to wrote. They have to have somebody play that part. And, uh, David Dukes was that guy. So, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, with that said, uh, we're going to move on to our next cast member here and that's uh, Robert Morse. Uh, he plays Cupid. Um, so we just recently watched, uh, lost this gentleman. He, he died on uh, 420. Yeah. Just a few days ago, which if we had recorded this when we were going to, we would have talked about him in the present tense, which would have been kind of weird in yeah. terms of terms now. Right. So Robert Morse, um, it took me a second. It did it, it watching this. And then, you know, like, oh, I was like, this guy's kind of chewing the scenery, having a good time for what he's doing. It took me a second. Like once I looked up who he was, it clicked into place. He uh, played uh, Bertram Cooper in Mad Men. Um, so he was the older guy and, um, of, um, Oh, this was Sterling Cooper, Draper price, like the ad agency in that. 
Um, and he was really cool in that he was kind of like this off offbeat guy. He always uh always always barefoot in his office. Like it was kind of like, but he was a cool like he was one of the older people and was like of a previous generation. Uh, he added his own element to it. And um, Mad Men's a series I, I liked a great deal. I talk about something that uh you know it's a, it's a heavy watch and he was really good in it. And I but he was mainly known for a lot of his Broadway work in the '60s. And yeah. Yeah, he seems like a very theatrical kind of guy, and at least in his presentation like, here, like swinging the for like he was like he was aiming for the back row, and yeah. that's fine, you know. Especially something like this, you kind of got to get something going. He did a lot of voiceover work, which makes sense because his voice is very distinct. He was an episode of Night Gallery, uh, Alfred Hitchcock presents, so um, you know a lot of bases and Saturday's gone, but he was like 91, like when he passed, something like that, right? Yeah. Like, uh, so we're recording this on uh, April 26th. 2022 if you're listening to this in the future sorry it was 90 I mean, yeah so yeah. yeah so uh april 20th we lost him so uh uh godspeed to you sir yeah and you know condolences to friends and family right yeah. I mean, but again 90 you know pretty good run and yeah. also to be in the mad like and to and not that i'm saying like oh you did some of your other work later in your life but like yeah mad men's still it's older now but you know it's still relatively recent in the zeitgeist of like, you know, I have to, I have to get over my apprehensions about that series. Um, I don't it, it's, know if it's, it's a very dry. It is. I don't know if it's for you, it, but I was fascinated by it. Like, I mean, it is, it's, it's slow burn. Isn't the right thing. Uh, it's more of like time and place and like how and you can also just kind of absorbing. Like, um, it feels like you're watching, like it, it's not a documentary, but it feels like you're just kind of watching life happen. Yeah. And there is like some arcs and everything that goes on, but um, it just, I don't know. I, I was enamored with it and it's a very interesting series, but it is intimidating to get into because I think there's like seven seasons now or six or seven that came out. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. a lot of things to be interested in that series. Uh, yeah. John Hamm. Oh, I mean, like John Star Hamm. Star making turn as Don Draper. And yeah. then um, uh, what's uh, the redhead's name? I'm sorry. Oh, shoot. Um, yeah, uh, I will find oh, her. Uh, yeah, uh, so... Uh, Christina Hendricks. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's Joan. Yeah. Yes, definitely yeah. a reason to be interested. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, so uh, to speak to our, our next cast member here of the the reason why we're here, uh, Carolyn uh, says... Seymour. Seymour? Seymour. Seymour. All right, so... Um, so Carolyn suddenly Seymour. Suddenly, <laughs> yeah. Megara? Uh, Megara? Megara? It's spelled M-E-G-A-R. Sorry, M-E-G-A-E-R-A. I think it's Megara, but it's uh, the, the way that they say... I was say trying it, to get a handle on that while I was watching, too, and I'm like, maybe I just don't speak, uh, you know... Greek? Greek, yeah, yeah. or... Uh, you know any other language other yeah. than English? <laughs> so it's just it's it's oddly spelled for. Well, I mean, it is what it is. But like, I think they kept kind of changing, and eventually they called her Meg. Like, I think yeah. It's, yeah. So that so. was it, like the easy go to, like as, uh, probably for just like the the watcher. One also like the modern update, right? Yeah. So so then uh, so uh, the other things that she had participated in that I was familiar with, uh, she was in some episodes of the Tales from the Dark Side. She was in the terrible sequel of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, not saying that the first movie was great. Although, Joe, from your other podcast episode recently, he saw the original film five times in the theater. Yeah, um, just if people, are, if people are interested, the other the other podcast I do, Invasion of the Please Podcast. plug it. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I had uh, um, one of the, the original hosts on, uh, and we talked about Event Horizon. 
which I love that movie, and I think it'd also work well for this show, but we just talked about it over there. And that was from Paul W.S. Anderson, and he... Invasion yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, and, and Joe Listen. mentioned he'd seen the original Mortal Kombat film five times in the theater. You know, we're... You know, I, sure. I, you know, I, I, I have... If you want to do a brief aside, I have no, um, like, I have no room to talk. Because what's a film that you, like, what's a film you've seen, like, that many times in the theater? So, so I think the question was posed on another conversation of, like, what was the worst movie that you had seen multiple times? If I had to say, without being in the theater, um, geez, uh... Well, I'm not even worse. I'm talking like a film you see multiple times in the theater, like where multiple like, I, Jurassic Park. Okay, that's fair. Like, without like hesitation, I saw it. I had seen it twice at the drive-in, and four times at the theater well, down the street from my grandma. And I. There you go. Um, for me, it was Napoleon Dynamite. Like I've seen that at least five, six times in the theater. Because one, I saw it was playing the indie circuit before it got like wide stream release and I loved it. And then it just happened to be across the street from where I was living and it was like $5 Tuesdays. So I just kind of go over because I was living with roommates and it was just nice to get some like headspace and just go do something. Mm. So I was like, I'll walk to the theater and watch Napoleon Dynamite. So it was better, you know, there's worse ways to spend like 90 minutes. So I've seen that like multiple times in the theater. After the, it was to the point where I'm like, I think I'm good for a minute, <laughs> you know? So. I have I have no room to judge about like you know seeing films multiple times. Yeah. So and then the uh, the other um, credit I want to bring up is Congo, which is not an, another good movie. So. No, I saw that in the theater too, not multiple times. But I want to mention also for Carolyn Seymour, uh, she's done a lot of video game voice work. Uh, she was Doctor Chakwas in Mass Effect two and three, I believe. I love the Mass Effect series, so she's good in that. She's also Queen Mira in Gears of War. Uh, like the main bad guy in that too. That's a cool series. The, the, the story gets a little weird towards the third one, but it I still really love, gets weird. Uh, <laughs> like I, like I played the first three. I started judgment. Didn't get all the way through that. And I've not picked up past, but I, those first three games are great. I'm thinking the story I'm, gets weird though. I think I'm like a third of the way through the game, th- uh, claim a uh, gameplay through the third one. And I'm like, it Man, doesn't make any sense anymore. Really it strange, doesn't make any dude. sense anymore. I, I yeah. love Gears of War. Like I, the mechanics are great. When you get the active reload perfect, you just feel like a badass, you know. And the chainsaw gun, the lancer, yes. just tearing through people's yes. great. But yeah, she's the bad guy in that. She's also uh, here's a quantum leap connection. Uh, the evil leaper episodes. She wasn't the evil leaper, but she was like the um, the the owl companion. She oh. was like, yeah, so, hmm. uh, yeah, but you can, you can see in this, she has kind of an air about her, like this kind of snark and like, um, this like down your nose type of like, I look totally at her. recognize yeah. her voice. And I think it was primarily because of gears of war. Yeah. There you go. I love gears of war. So, so, so uh, next here we have John Myers, uh, weird way to spell it, but, uh, he pays, he plays, uh, Bacchus. Yes. Or Bacchus. Bacchus. Baccarat. No, Bacchus. And uh, this was his last acting role. Yeah, I just I have him. Uh, he did a lot of cart- uh, cartoon work originally, starting off like a lot of animation work. It was in 1971's Willard, which I've never seen, but I know that's a film. I've, I've seen the remake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's with Crispin Glover, right? Yeah. The remake. I've never seen the original. Uh, yeah, but a lot of TV. Uh, Hogan's Heroes, yeah. Fantasy Island, stuff like that. So uh, next here we have uh, Andrew Massist. Yeah, uh, he plays Peter. Uh, one more episode or you know storyline to come up, uh, and then we'll discuss that later. And then lots of uh, episodes of Generations. I've never heard of the show. Um, 
Yeah, I have him. Uh, uh, also, 297 episodes of Days of Our Lives. He was also a, in a made-for-TV movie in 1996 called Twilight Man, which is not this. Like, that has yeah. nothing to do with this. But I saw I, that too. I was like, I was like, close. You know, what if it was like a Rod Serling, unofficial Rod Serling biopic called Twilight Man, and we just don't know it? <laughs> then all of our information has failed us to this point. Or, or it was like a Stan Lee pitched idea. It's like Twilight Man. But he's one a guy thing- that works sometimes between day and night. He's Twilight Man, Excelsior. You know, like whatever. You know. So he's like Moon Knight, but he only exists in <laughs> one part. Yeah, but like no, he's like he's only out for <laughs> one hour a day. Like, like yeah, he could only fight crime for that one yeah. hour. Yeah. Um, that's it. And then. Um, uh, an episode of uh, Married with Children. So oh, there you go. I Perfect. Thought we could connect on that. So the I'd, one where he attempts to assault uh, Peg Bundy. I'm kidding. That has nothing to do with no. <laughs> and then next here we have uh, Petty Carr. Uh, she plays April. 21 credits, mostly shows. I'm not familiar with most of them. Okay. Yeah. You want to get dark? We'll get dark here in a second. Do you have anything? Uh, you uh, just. No? All right. So okay. I have the last credit. If that's if we're building up to that. Well, okay. Um, I'll give you one more credit and then we'll get back to her. Right. So I have Ingrid okay. bolting as woman. Yeah. That's, nothing stands that's out. So I, unfortunately, I didn't find anything for Patty Carr, though. So. Uh, all right. We'll start with. Um, the her final television credit was as a diner patron in the last scene of the Sopranos, like the very last scene of the series of the Sopranos. I've not seen that, but I know that's important to people. And I also know people were pissed off at the ending of that show, which um, Matthew uh, Weiner, who went on to go make Mad Men. So there's a connection there. But um, so here <laughs> uh, she was injured in quote unquote, and this is according to Wikipedia, their quotes, bizarre accident in 2017 when a, when strong winds picked up a discarded Christmas tree from the curb and it hit her in the face as she was walking her dog near her home. This was in a scene of something? No, it just actually happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. Like, um, I thought this was on like the set of that show. Uh, no, no, no. It wasn't on The Sopranos. It wasn't like, you know, but no, no. She, she survived? Was, um, she, well, I mean, she passed away sometime later, but I don't think it was because of this. But mm. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, just out walking her dog and she got hit by a Christmas tree. I don't know Jeez. why that had to be mentioned in Wikipedia, but Wikipedia is terrible sometimes with like random, well, not random, but it's like, did we need to know that? And also I like, like there's actual citation to show there's an article for that. So someone's like, no, no, it's important that we add this to our page that she got hit by a Christmas tree. So anyway, that's who we have for our cast and crew. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, no, no, uh, Charles, Charles Aidman intro dialogue. There is some at the end. Um, that's, you know, whatever it's just, let's just get into this. So, uh, ye gods, um, man, uh, there is something here. I don't know. Like, I don't, we're not, I don't think we should pull the ripcord like we did for like, you know, if she dies, but this is kind of, it's, it's kind of a straightforward story, but it's also a half hour long. It's actually longer than like a regular segment of the twilight zone, but it also, it's like too long that if you put this out syndication, you'd have to cut like six minutes out. Like, so it's this weird space, right? Like, so we get Todd, we find out he's a business bro. Um, and he's like talking about cars or some shit. It's the eighties. Like cars, women, cocaine. I don't know what he's talking about. But as he's talking to his buddy, we meet this, we see a guy who looks like this kind of, he's disheveled. And he um, is kind of watching Todd. And then as Todd walks away from his buddy, he runs into a woman. And uh, and the. It's very creepy in how this is displayed, though, too. Like, it is. Like, so, like, we get the Cupid character played by Robert Morris. And he's just like skulking around in the background, yeah. and, and like it, we see these 
uh, these motions of like what is supposed to be considered like magic or whatever. It's like, so he's, he's implying that he's doing something to, I just want to do back to back weeks of mentioning the salt Bay meme. Like, I just want to believe he's like sprinkling like the salt Bay. Like he's like, God. here comes the love magic. There you go. Okay. The, yeah. It, it, even if we had gotten that, that would have been better because this dude is just like super creeper mode right yeah. now. But he, he ends up causing this collision between Todd and this, this woman and, um, and they have a moment and I just, the sax music here just kills me. I hate the music so much. But um, is that also from the Grateful Dead? Do they just have a sax section we don't know about? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> well, great. I'm not I, yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm in kidding. The, yeah, there's yeah, no there's no trivia I'm there. Not in but, the garage stuff. You know, yeah, whatever but, the hell it's called. It's so. At this point. Um, <laughs> the whatever that uh, interaction is, it, it just kind of ends, right? So Todd walks away. Uh, they 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 kind of like stop and then Cupid's kind of pissed so he's like following Todd up to his office yeah so we get um you know we get this bit of where like his secretary is like you're a minute late and whatever and then like Cupid just falls in behind him which is like the second time I watched this uh, uh Robert Morse's performance as Cupid actually got a little better for me because I I figured out what he was doing so him just like marching on in like unannounced and just following a dude in is kind of funny and the guy's like well what's going on here right and then. He's like, I, you just fell in love and you ignored it. And it's like, you get this whole thing where Todd doesn't believe him. And Todd goes to like call like somebody and then Cupid melts the phone. So cool, whatever. Um, but we get this whole thing where he's kind of pissed at like humanity. He's like, what? Like, what's wrong with you people? Like, why don't you fall? Like, why don't you fall in love anymore? And so like, you know, and Todd doesn't really understand what's going on. But then eventually Cupid reveals like, you know, I'm Cupid. And then Todd's like, like, he's like, oh, you mean like, like the guy with the wings or whatever? And that's when we get the bit at the beginning, right? Where he's like, like oh, the little cherub t- yeah. looking dude. Yeah. So we find out that though these empires have fallen, like the Greek and Roman empires fell, the gods are still around. So, you know, Cupid is like kind of just pissed. Like, why don't people fall in love anymore? And he's like, you know what? Screw you. You had your chance. I'm going to pull my bow out and shoot you three times in the heart and make you pine for this woman. It's kind of like a punishment be like if you don't if you didn't love her now good luck finding her and you're going to be like just suffering because you love this person um like the, and the bow effect like it's not it's not great but it could have been way worse yeah like, like considering some of the shit we've seen in this show in terms of this 80s like special effects i was i was curious how they did it because he'd bring the bow up and it's appear and then the way the arrows jutted out of todd i was like oh that actually kind of works. I don't know why, but it kind of did. Well, it also reminded me of the Amazing Stories episode that we had covered. Um, oh yeah, the one with the the, the airplane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, you know, it's um, like so, like the the you know the wheels kind of like become like cartoonish underneath. It looked very cartoonish, and yeah, it, you and know, that's, that's it, it's point. serviceable. Yeah. You know, like all right, cool. Like here's this uh, you know magical being here. But I like that Cupid's like, he's like, Todd's like, what did you do? He's like, I, he's like, hopefully I screwed up your life. I thought that was a good line. That was a, that was yeah. a great line, yeah. honestly. And like, just to kind of make him recognize, like you screwed up before, but you were supposed to be put on this uh, pathway to love. Yeah. You know? And it makes me really like question what Cupid's motives are because of how pissed off he is. Yeah. I mean, we find out later, right? But it's just more like, he's just like. Like it's almost like he's blaming, he's blaming the other party. Like there's there's still forces out like outside his control. 
Right. But he's still blaming them. It's like, you know, just because, you know, you didn't complete what you were hoping to do. It's like, don't look internally because, you know, you're like, we find out he's having his own self doubts right later on. So his whole goal, like, he's like, well, screw you. I'm just going to overpower you and just make your life miserable because I'm miserable now, too. Well, I like how he's trying to insult him, too, by calling him a yuppie, but he doesn't quite call like, him a yuppie. Yucky? It's yuck. like, Here, it's you, like you, you yuckies. Yeah, I thought that it's like, it's, <laughs> it's a stupid joke, but at least there's a callback to it later. So it, it, it kind of pays off a little bit. It also shows that he's a little disconnected, right? But I, but then we get this notion that, like, the gods are around. So we, like, that's, that's a cool idea. Like, yeah. I mean... Neil Gaiman took it much in a much better direction, <laughs> you know, but uh, there's also some Marvel movies about gods that are existing and walking around among man, but it's still a fun idea. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. And honestly, I like the idea that the gods are sitting sideline waiting for these people that are like so powerful in their own right. And I like I like the little banter there for Cupid too. Like, oh, you think you guys have it all made? You got some money, you got your yachts and all that stuff too. But do you have what really matters? Yeah. Like that's a great concept because it's a universal message. Because like if you think about what love is as a concept and then like what money can buy and cannot buy. Yeah, what you was know, the? It's, um, like, it's a it's a great idea, and I, I I think it's a great narrative here. What was the episode in season four that we covered the original series that had um, uh, Julie Newmar as the devil? Oh, oh um, geez. yeah, uh, where because the guy had everything he needed, but he still felt like he didn't have enough, so she granted his wish to go back. And it's like, um, damn, okay. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, put, I'm, drop, I'm dropping. I'm dropping this from you, but, bitch. but it's like that's kind of the flip of this a little bit, right? Where it's like that's be careful what you wish for, but here it's like you know he finds out the devil is real. And this, it's like we find out. Um, I, yeah, it's the the name is like in the like it's close to the back of my head. I just can't remember what it is. But you're, but you know, like yeah, you're, it's you're like, looking up right now. Yeah, processing, it, it's processing. Like, yeah. It's it's one of those things. So it's like it's a universal message because if you always think you have it right and you think you got your life connected and that, it's like, well, you know, some some kind of universal thing is going to come along and like prove you wrong. Why did this just come up? The- what the hell is this? What, oh did God. you get spyware? Um, anyway, so uh, uh, advertisement. Ter- of course, Terry's been uh, infected with a virus. So this son um, of a bitch. <laughs> but so, but the idea that like there's supernatural powers at play in terms of like you know your day to day life, um, and I, I'll, I'll bring this back later. But this isn't a, a thing that's uncommon in the Twilight Zone. Uh, Rod Serling had a couple of Guardian Angel scripts. We'll talk about those later. Um, so this isn't this isn't outside the purview of what we've seen. Um, of late, I, I think of, of Cliffordville. Cliffordville. Yeah. Of late, I think of Cliffordville season yeah. four episode, whatever. Uh, <laughs> go, well, it's, it's, it's 14. Half the, there you go. Second half of the season, Julie Newmar's the devil. Uh, she's my favorite devil, thank but you. anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, and this is devil lady. But anyway, so, so we have that happening where now Todd is like, you know, he's like crazy in love. He sees the woman. Like, like he's talking to his one buddy about like, you know, like, do you feel fulfilled? Like we cut to this later and the guy's like, I have all these boats and whatever. And he's like, Todd, you just like, he's basically like, you need to get laid. And Todd's like, I don't need to get laid. I need love. Yeah. He's trying to set him up. He's He's like, like, Hey, I I know a girl. He's like, I know a girl. She's uh, a little weird, or whatever he said. Yeah, we're, this which reminds me of the uh, the new exhibit. No, not new exhibit. Um, the episode with um, oh my god, where they're trying to set him up too. Um, oh. oh my god, 
I can't. Have, oh, yeah, no, yeah, miniature, miniature, Robert Duvall, where miniature. It's like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like it was like the sure, the sure deal. And yeah. It's like, well, he's like, well, I, but I also like that. Like Todd's like, well, you know, basically, like they're comparing boat size. Take take that for what you will. But anyway, so he sees the mystery woman in the distance. He goes to chase after her, and you know, and his buddy doesn't understand what's going on. But then we got Todd like suddenly like questioning his own decisions, his own life decisions, his own needs, right? But so then. Um, so then we get to him going to bed in his apartment and I wrote in my notes here, Todd can't sleep, not because he's in love, but because he's in a waterbed. Like, have you ever felt comfortable in a waterbed? No, Though, that I know that was a fad, but like I, I, I used to sleep in one. It just how, how like it's just like, how, how do you get comfortable in that? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> like thinking about it now. I'm like, I don't want the constant motion. No, but, no. But when all. you get used to it, like, cause I was a, I was a little kid when I used to follow, like I, 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 so I grew up with my grandparents and I used to sleep in the bed with them. So like real, real young though, like not weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you kind of get used to things Happy for a while. Happy six year anniversary, everybody for the show. <laughs> you know everything about me now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was just like one of those things that I guess was like, yeah, you just get used to yeah. it, right? But it's I, I mean, the like, idea of it now, like if I was if, like, it's a, like it's I, a I Nightmare like, in Elm Street Part One. I feel All like right. if I turned over right now, I, like the way I do, like I'm a rotisserie chicken, I'll turn over. I would launch my wife out of the bed by accident because like a wave <laughs> would just roll and she would just go like flying, you know? And I'd be like, I'm so sorry, and then she'd be angry and getting back in bed, and I'd go flying. Like I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah, I just want to believe that Todd can't sleep one because it's it's one fourth him being in crazy love, and then three fourths being in a waterbed um but i but the thing is they pay that off too like at least in this too like they kind of they hint at the waterbed and then they pay it off too. like i was not expecting that. i was really confused i was like was it a waterbed or was it something that they kind of imp- nope it's a waterbed okay so, i thought that they yeah. were just trying to be like no things are happening no, right now. no you have to be fluid right now like i didn't know if that was like the thing so yeah so it's a water because there's a payoff later with him uh right. magara or a meg right so uh but he gets the he's like you know what i i'm a i i i, I am a man of my own means i can fight the god so he just like, starts doing push-ups on the and, floor. yeah and it's like he's talking to himself too i'm like well good for you guys because you can't bounce this narrative off to anybody else. Yeah. Like he's not like, talking I, he's to like, somebody. I'm going to own it, you know? And then and like, I'm going psycho. And You're then like, there's the bit though, when the neighbor downstairs bags the floor and he's like, he bags the floor back. Like, he's like, but yeah. like bang, bang, bang at you too. And he's like, he's like, I'm going through something or whatever. But then, so the next day he's late to his office again, that pay that that's another gag. <laughs> but he's like starting to ask about like uh, hunting down, other gods because Cupid admits something about running into to Bacchus uh, somewhere previously. So he looks up uh, where to find Bacchus. And so that, so he like, you know, it's, it's this kind of whole thing too. He's like, he's leaning in be like, well, if Cupid's real, this is what's going on. I'm going to hunt down another God and try to get some advice to try to find Cupid. And see, I don't, I don't like this. Like th- this was goofy as hell to me. I'm like, this so, was the goofy part. Yeah, it, it gets. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of goofy shit going on in this, but the fact that he's like, yeah, he said something about Bacchus, so I'm gonna try to find him because he seems like the, the the dude, the contact, like whatever. It's like, well, if you would do a little bit of research, can we at least given him like a second or two of like research, like yeah. who uh, well, Cupid would have been in contact with, like, because yeah. a lot of these different 
gods or uh, deities or whatever were in contact with other deities. Like they had to like answer to them. Why don't we talk to that guy? Maybe find, I don't know, like maybe do a little bit more research. I or don't know. Somehow find like, I mean, this would be like going a different direction, but like somehow finding through like personal ads that there's people that have been affected by Cupid, that they're all like, they can't like, they, they're, like they're, they're, they're cursed they, or yeah, whatever. Like, he kind of starts following the trail back to Cupid. That'd be kind of interesting. Right. But he makes comment about how he has to go downtown and there's a joke there that, you know, I guess people who live in LA only know, but whatever. They move on. Uh, but the, it cuts to um, this this wonderful like big party, and um, this is after the commercial break. We get uh, Bacchus walking around with Cupid, and since Bacchus is like you know adjacent to Dionysus and like the god of wine and the god of partying, we, Cupid's lit. So I thought that was kind of fun. Him walking around the party, and Bacchus is like getting him drunk and talking about ribbons yeah, or medals or whatever. Played the drunko pretty yeah, quick too. It's pretty so, funny. Yeah. yeah. So then um, this is when um, we get Todd finding Bacchus. And he, he like, I like that Bacchus is like, it's Ed Bacchus or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's like, he's like, it's, my name is Ed Bacchus. It's like, okay, great. Uh, you know, like the Bacchus. But so, so yeah, uh, Cupid's drunk. And then, um, yeah, they're, they're, that's kind of fun. Like, and then we find out like, um, you know, that, uh, you know, that whatever he did to, to Todd will go away eventually, but it's like going to be like two or three years. And, uh, and as Cupid's kind of explaining this too, he's just getting like lights out drunk. And I think there's, there's a sight gag of him like collapsing on the table, like just passing out. And then uh, we, we get Todd clearly has his eyes open too. Yeah, well, sure. But then like Todd starts talking to Bacchus about like, Hey, what's going on with this guy? You know? <laughs> so Bacchus reveals like, Oh, he's like, you didn't know. And he's like, what? He's like, well, Cupid was running around with the Fury, um, or one of the, like one of the Fates or whatever. Uh, Megara, it's Fury, yeah. And they fell in love, but like that didn't work out so well. So now he's just kind of, you know, um, you know, kind of just he's not he's he's down on his luck and not believing himself because he was in love and he's he is now heartbroken. We know that, right? So. Um, I thought that was funny. Like, I like that Todd, Todd's taking this all in stride eventually, you know, cause it's like, as like, oh, I'm talking to the God of wine, there's Cupid, he's drunk. Like it's, it's all played for comedy on purpose. And I'm, I'm not saying this episode really works for me, but at least it's not like, I feel like the comedy beats are there. It's just your mileage may vary and credit also to, uh, you know, uh, recently lost, um, uh, David Morse or Robert Morse. Sorry. Uh, the way he plays him, like waking back up again suddenly too. Like he's, he knew what he was in and I think he did a pretty good job here too. But we find out that, um, you know, that Cupid's heartbroken. Yeah. And then um, like to try to get this like information out of Bacchus, like it, that, that's a pretty fun in, uh like conversation I, too. I like the box like like drink the wine it took me 300 years to make like there's a lot of good notes in here yeah, yeah, yeah. um but like, he reveals to he reveals to uh um todd that there's a way to summon uh the god that's some of margara like an enchantment of yeah. some sort but that's uh, a fun yeah you're right that's a fun conversation it's like it, again it, it does this thing doesn't do a ton of world building but you kind of see how these gods have kind of positioned themselves in the world a little bit, you know, like they're still getting, they're still doing what they're doing. It's just, it's not to the degree that they were this pantheon of worship, you know? So I thought that was cool. And I, I think that there's a, a, a very similar world building to this kind of narrative that you would have had in the, the original series too. Like I, I can see this existing in the original series. I, I could. Yeah. I have the caveat. We'll get there. 
right. <laughs> so, but you know, like, so we get, we get Todd and he goes back to his place and he, is it at his place or is yeah. it's at his office? No, for, no, first it's his bedroom. Like okay. it's, his, it's apartment. He has this incantation. It's all in Greek. He says it to summon Megara. And she shows up uh, with a snake around her, and it's like, oh, what is this, Blade Runner? Uh, but uh, yep. she's there, and and she's like pissed that he's that she's been summoned, and then um, so we find out that um, she believes. Well, actually, it's been shown that Cupid asked Jupiter uh, to make a mortal woman into a demigod. Uh, Megara got jealous because he thought. That was his side piece. And then after she became a demigod. Turned her into a tree frog. frog. (laughs) (laughs) Not a toad. Not a tree frog. Yeah. Tree frog. So Todd learns all about this and he's like, you know, trying to figure things out. But then she, uh, like McGarry ends up like shooting lightning at him and popping his waterbed. And that's why you see all the water shooting out. So I'm like, oh, they paid off the waterbed. Yep. He's not sleeping well tonight. His his apartment's (laughs) covered in water. So I thought that was okay. So he, he realizes that like he needs to get these two back together to work it out because if he has any chance of like resolving his own inner turmoil now of being in love with a woman he can't find, he needs to get these two back together. And I'm like, okay, good enough. Good enough point. Right. Like, cause at one point he even says the title of the episode is like ye gods in the middle of all this. Right. Yeah. I'm, it's stupid. Who the hell says ye whatever. <laughs> Kanye West. Who, what is that? I don't well, well, okay. So if you go back to that type of English, there's the whole thing that we believe that it said ye, but it was actually the way it was written in like middle or early English, the way that that, that Y isn't a Y that stands for the, or the, but as we move forward with all of that, and if I remember this correctly, if not, everybody let me know, please, because I am not a scholar. Um, we just started pronouncing it phonetically as opposed to what it actually supposed to stand for. Because that Y shape isn't a Y. Because there was like additional letters in the English alphabet that we've uh, we've removed because of like things like that. Hmm. So there we go. So to say so it may he, not even be pronounced ye. No, it's pronounced the or the. Hmm. Uh, but it's like if you say ye old whatever, it, it's that's that's funny but it's not true so we we've, we've kind of accepted it but it's not accurate well the worldly son of a bitch is here he is here and it is not me and <laughs> I, no 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 no. wait a second where let me throw like to celebrate uh where we at here it is where's the button oh is it this one that's not that button is it this button both of them sober reliable the best man there we go probably not <laughs> six years yeah. <laughs> so, so salute. I, think, I think I was like 55% right about that statement. So, you know, go, go research and find out I'm wrong. But yeah, anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or, uh, that's what that actually, that's how it was pronounced. That's how that was pronounced back then. Yeah. So I could do, I couldn't I, I, do any better. I could I feel bad for anybody listening. Cause they're probably pulling their, you know, their earbuds out every time I play that. So, <laughs> well, um, Thank you for listening. Uh, but <laughs> so, no, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, like, I, I, the, it's an old language, and I'm glad that there's, like, those things incorporated into this, because it, like, it does more world world Kind of, but, but, but they're talking about the original Greek with a lot of this, so yeah. why would you even use the word ye, because it's not Greek, that's old English, there's a different, like, whatever, and anyway. Latin, all I, I think stuff, that Latin, like, I think that's, it's a fun little title for a thing to be, like, you know, it's almost sounds like an exasperated title, like, ye gods, you know, type of thing, uh, whatever, it, it is what it is, right? But, so yeah, him hey, just being, like, you know, um, just trying to figure out shit between uh, Megara and Cupid. 
Uh, so I like that. Um, he finds a way to get, he has the, another, uh, um, like Greek, I think it's, it's older, older symbology, right? He has one of the, his door in his office, right? Well, he had, he, he talked to Bacchus again. Yeah. He said, Bacchus, I need your he help. Call, yeah. He calls Bacchus. He said, yeah. Bacchus, I need your help, man. Yeah. I, I got, I got some problems here. He had to buy like six He's cases like, of wine now to I'm get gonna, that to happen. I'm going to have to beg your help here for something else, man. He's, He's like, like, little do you know me, but. Uh, I need your help. So and and so he he has this new banner that he has with Latin on it. Yeah, it's put on the back of his door. So whoever enters this this space, if they if they come in willingly and then the door's closed, if they're a deity, they're not allowed to leave. How many cases of wine do you think he had to purchase? That's what I'm saying. Like he had to buy a bunch, and then also uh, we find out they had Came to buy free with purchase or yeah, from Bacchus. Yeah, he had to pay for some of that because oh, he also well they brought in champagne and um, the more expensive caviar in a moment, not that cheap Russian stuff. Bacchus is a, a, a businessman, yeah, of so. course, right? <laughs> like, I mean, the guy makes wine. Like, of course, he's gonna he's gonna make his bones, right? I appreciate yeah. that. Especially if it makes the best wine, wouldn't you like? It, wouldn't like you're positioned in New York, wouldn't you like? Yeah, make your money. I he's know a you're businessman. He's not messing around. Yeah, right. He, he's he's a businessman and he's a like, business. Hey, look, man. Todd, yeah. I got a proposition for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Come over here, squish some grapes. We'll talk. Uh, so, um, so he convinces uh, Magera and uh, Cupid to come into this office, and he. You know, Todd's talking to them, and since they get in there, and she realizes like what he did, she's pissed. And then Cupid shows up as well because he's like, Bacchus called me, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, just get in here, it's fine. And then he convinces the secretary to like bring in champagne and the expensive caviar because the whole thing is like, you know, what's what is being stated here is like, I need you two to 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 have sex with each other right now, so I feel better about my life, right? It is like it's well, not just it's not just like making up; it is making. Where's out. the oysters though? I mean. <laughs> Forget the caviar. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, you know, I'm not an oyster guy. Maybe caviar <laughs> is it? I don't know. But um, yeah. So he's like, I'm gonna leave you guys for a minute to, to you know, whatever, you know. Uh, so uh, aim that Cupid's bow at things. So, um, so then he waits. Like, there's a whole thing where he's like waiting forever because he doesn't want to be that guy to walk into the middle of stuff. Credit to him. Like, good on him for that. But he goes and opens the door and they're gone, right? The doors, the, the windows open. They left a back. note. There's a note. I love the yeah. note. The secretary read it. It was like, he reads out, like, gone to Africa to hunt tree for tree frogs, which I think is funny because it pays off that too, where right. it's like, oh, that, that demigod that I turned into a tree frog, we're going to go find her and kill her, even though we're good now? Like, because <laughs> even, they, well, we had that bit too where Cupid's like. Well, what's like, the other option? Well, <laughs> before, before they did the nasty, before Todd left the office, Cupid's like, listen, I want to apologize. I'm not good at this. I'm going to say it once. And then is like, oh, I guess I don't need the snake anymore or whatever. And it's that, yeah. So they knock boots, but yeah, they leave. So then, so Todd's like, you know, he's like, well, I guess they got a couple of years to like suffer through this. He's like, I'm going to devote myself to my work and I'm not going to like think about this other woman. So it's like, he's like, I help these gods get together and that's their job for me. So I credit to that too, where he's like, well, I've solved them, but I'm still in love with this woman. I don't know. So at least we're still mindful of the story here and his reasonings. Right. So, mm. But yeah, so then we get terrible sax music again. I actually, I take that back. That doesn't happen yet. But he's like, you know what? I'm going to buy a car. That's what you do when you're in love and you can't Well, have, yeah, you know, he's like, I'm back on my I'm, original mission. Midlife crisis, you know? So he gets this nice car. Nice car. A beamer. Yeah. You got a beamer. And within minutes of him getting it, he gets rear-ended. 
And he's pissed. Rightfully so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, so he gets out and he's like looking at his bumper. He's like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. And he's what like, is I'm going to sue you. And it's he's like, like, oh, it's her. And he looks up. Yeah. He looks up all the legs. <laughs> <laughs> like you expect him to stop at her chin. Like, that's how, like, like <laughs> I, I imagine like the, what was it? Uh, naked gun where there was like so many knees. <laughs> it's like, it just like, keeps going. Like, yeah. you know. Like she looks like a monster from like the mist. You're like, hey, lady, what's going on here? <laughs> like 15 D's. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Walk yeah, around so here he often. Sees, yeah. He sees the girl that like was the what was it the, the meat cute? Yeah, the the beginning, right? But I also want to be like, oh, hey, what's your name? So and so, great. What's your insurance information? Because you just hit my car. We'll talk about this over dinner, but you just hit my car. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like uh, there's a reason to analyze this. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> But anyway, anyways, <laughs> so no, they're happy and like it's like, oh hey, what's going on, whatever. And so then in the background, you see like this, like older style, like it's not a limo, but it's like a stretch luxury car, yeah, top down. It's, it's well, there's no, there's no top and extended, it, yeah. like, like it's fancy it's old like a luxury car. Like, vehicle, like a Rolls, like an older Rolls Royce or something. Yeah. I don't know, right? And we see Cupid and Meg in there, and they're just waving at him. To be yeah, like, we we got you. You know, we're not paying your premiums. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know, like. And so there you go. It's it actually, it's one of the rare, like happy endings for everybody involved Yeah, for the twilight zone. And it was an interesting one. And I, I, again, like I align it a lot more to one of the like cutesy kind of like original episodes where yes and no. Like, so I'm, I'm I, I apologize. So yes, the, the twilight zone can end on a good note, right? That, right. That, that's perfect. Like, Cause the twilight zone is all about like, like let something weird happen and see what happens to the people involved. Right. So not everything has to be like a sledgehammer and doesn't have to be a kick in the teeth. You know, not everything let, has to be, let's like, give people free will and see what they do. Yeah. Right. And you know, a Todd happened to be wrong place, wrong time coming into the situation with Cupid as Donnie's luck or right place, right time. And he was the one person to actually do something about it. Cause we don't know about the previous victims of Cupid that's wandering around with nothing going on. Right. So, um, you're right. This does fit in line with the Twilight Zone. I will just say that when the Twilight Zone does comedy, it isn't always its strong suit. And I'm hoping to be proven wrong as we go through this iteration of the series. Because um, if Serling had written this, because he's written uh, Guardian Angel episodes before. He did uh, Mr. Beavis, and then he did um, Cavender's Coming. So once from season one, once from season three of the original series and both are absolute dog shit episodes. Like I, he always, cause he always had this backdoor pilot for a guardian angel series. He was cooking up. Like there's a, like I, I went into it then there was, he had this idea of that would be kind of a fun, like problem of the week thing with the guardian angel watching out for people. Um, terrible, terrible episodes. Right. And then you even had like his comedy episodes. Like what was it? The whole truth from season two with the car dealer that couldn't tell a lie because of the car he bought. Like it's just, Serling was a lot of things and he was a funny guy, but he couldn't write comedic scripts. So it makes me this one. I'm not saying I'm a fan of this. I'm saying it once watching it the first time through and I was kind of annoyed. I'm like, where's this going? Where's this going? Watching the second time and kind of resetting my, my, my perspective, it plays a lot better. I'm not saying it's great, but it's a lot more palatable the second time through. So when we talked about some of the jokes that land, some of the jokes work, the story's very light. The actors all involved know what they're doing. Um, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. It, it could have been something way more interesting, 
but it isn't. But it, at least it didn't like, you know, it didn't fall on its keys. Um, much like the previous segment we just talked about, if she dies where nothing happened there of anything of worth. Right. And with here, it's like, it, it's a, it's a, it's a happy ending that feels earned for what it is. And there's some jokes along the way that are enjoyable. Um, so, you know, again, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody, but giving it some time to kind of marinate and think about, you know, it, it's probably one of the more successful comedy portions of the twilight zone I've seen in terms of what it aimed to do and how it executed the bar set real low for me. I'll just say that. I think I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Uh, at least that aspect. I didn't, I didn't really enjoy this, but the, the comedy points, like what they were trying to do with it. Uh, it, it was fun. It was something that I could like kind of being like, oh, okay, I get the narrative here and I can enjoy this, but it, it feels almost closer to an amazing stories episode than it does Twilight Zone. It, it feels maybe a little bit more punch to the script. It would have felt more appropriate to that. Yeah. Um, I still my favorite funny episode of the Twilight Zone is um, the chaser from episode from season one. And it's a great episode that, that really also is. deals with like unrequited love. And it's not written by Serling, but I love that episode. It's a it's a hoot. And even if you didn't have William Shatner in it, I think that that could still be something that be memorable too. Um, I don't th- I don't think Shatner was the chaser. Uh, but uh, was that Shat- no, no, it wasn't Shatner. No, it, I wish it that would have been amazing. I thought it was Shatner. <laughs> no, not in the chaser. I forget. I forget um, the main lead on that. But oh, I'm um, sorry. Yeah, it's just I. I, I thought loved, maybe it was the same writer or so, I, I, whatever maybe. it was. Um, six whatever. years, people. I know, but the chaser. It's from season one. Go back and check that out. It's just a, like guy guy buys buys. A, a love potion and it turns sideways on them. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Either uh, way. Yeah. But yeah, yeah like this, uh, this episode is, I don't want to say it's a bad episode. It's not something I necessarily enjoyed, but I could see, I can, I I can, can see, see other people other than us enjoying this a lot yeah, more. And that's it, great. Cause it's at least, at least it tells a story from a to B and it actually has like, you know, something happening. There's a, pl- yeah, there definitely is a, a through line of the events and that, I don't necessarily like the characters either, but it's like it was achieved from their their like their mission statement. Like yeah. they they did what they were supposed to do, and that we don't necessarily get that out of every episode either. Yeah, and, and, and you know, like that's again, you know, this is the eighty series. Um, you know, like your mileage may vary for like what you enjoy out of the original series compared to this. Hopefully, you're still enjoying this with us. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do this with you guys. Uh, if you're not here with us, hey. Well, I guess you're not listening. So. Yeah, you're not. Uh, like, yeah. And like, but please follow along because we're we're trying to do this too. And I've never seen any of these episodes, and uh, I don't know if you've seen any of them. I've Paul. Seen, well, I mean, we've seen some. We've talked about. Well, that. Yeah, and, you've and, seen and so, some, some, but not all. And I've and, never seen any of them. And and, and just as, as much as we talked about the original series that. Uh, you know, you get into, you know, like season four, which was very hit or miss, but there was some quality there and, and some bad stuff there in the, in the original series. And with this, it's like, you're going to have your ups and downs. Like we've like Nightcrawler so far is a high point for us. Yeah. Um, and it shows that this, the series is capable. And I know there's a couple of segments coming that and, are going to knock your socks off. I and, know that, you know, and like to discuss these, uh, these actors, these directors, these pieces and parts that have been influential to our, uh, like our viewing, pleasure yeah. for the longest time like that's fun too like i yeah, this like, guy directed the changeling go watch the changeling yeah my just, god 
For God's sake, please watch a Changeling. I am actually new to the 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 fan club to that, and I just recently watched it in the last six months. So yeah, please watch that movie. So any other notes that you have for the segment? No, sir. Okay, so let's just uh, rate that twist. As always, the twist rating is one to five. One being saw it coming a mile away, and five being mind blowing. Um. If the twist here is that Todd would find love, I'm going to give that a one. If the twist here is that Cupid would get back together with, you know, Megara, I'm going to give that like, I don't do, I don't usually do half score, like a 1.5. You know, and it, like, I guess the bigger thing for me is that everybody ended up happy. Like I didn't expect that, but the way this whole thing was going, being kind of lightweight the entire time through, you know, it, it, if it, if it didn't end soft, it became like a hammer of an ending. It had been like, you betrayed everything. I don't know how it have felt about that. The tone of it seemed pretty, uh, like aware to me yeah. real, like off the, off the cuff. Um, Todd finding love zero, um, <laughs> Cupid being a thing and like him trying to find love, I guess three, because I didn't really think that we were going to play off of another character trying to find love and like the parallel track of both of them. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I didn't expect that, but I was like, but for Todd to find his love that needed to happen. Yeah. So, all right, that's going to do it for our discussion about, uh, uh, the 80, 80 series, uh, season one, episode five B ye gods. Uh, before we get to social media, um, I know we're celebrating our, our six years. I, Terry, how do you feel about some more uh, some more sound clips real quick before we get to social media? Like, Let's celebrate. do some sound Here, clips. What, what about one of these? What about one of these? That cat was a witch. We got one of those, all right. And then what about this? Idle hands make for an unproductive poop deck. And then, and then one of these. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. So, all right. <laughs> all from later... The, the, yeah. Seasons. Well, it's, it's almost as if I, um, you know, only Didn't have so many, space, so, <laughs> so many spaces on the board. You know, so all right, um, yeah. So all right, you guys can find us on uh, on uh, Facebook. Uh, we're there at Strange Highways. We're, we're posting images there. We're going there. There's going to be uh, fun images, uh, I guess, from this. But also, there's uh, fun stuff from the previous episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, go check us out there. Uh, leave comments there, uh, and also you can email us directly at Strange Highways Podcast at gmail.com. Um, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise? We are on Instagram. Please stalk us. Yeah. Please come over there and check us out because we want your love. Yeah, stalk us like you have been shot in the heart three times by Cupid. Well, I need to discuss something real quick with our Uh-oh. fans. Uh, what is that other amazing podcast that you are a part of, sir? Oh, <laughs> sure. Uh, um, yeah. What? Invasion no. of the podcast. Please check I it just, out. I talked about it earlier. Whatever. Oh, what you need to Pasha, as they say, Pasha. You mean ye old podcast over there? That's what you- <laughs> uh, please check it out. And uh, you know, Steve. Steve does a great job over there. He is a he's a great friend of mine, and uh, they do a great job on yeah, that. If you podcast. guys, if you guys are interested in, in some more ghost story stuff, we're covering nineteen uh, eighties, uh, the Fog by Hell John yeah. Carpenter. That's exactly yeah. why you yeah. need. Please check this podcast out. If you if at all love ghost stories in that and like all the strange stuff, all the goofy stuff, please check them out. They're doing a great job over there. I like that you say that like we're so straight faced the entire time here. We're, no. we're like we're like the shirt. I said the goofy like, stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, you can check it out there. But also, you said you said Instagram. Go check us out there. Mm-hmm. And again, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us, like I mentioned. But also, uh, the more the merrier. If you enjoy this conversation, if you enjoy the Twilight Zone, let other people know. I understand there's a gazillion podcasts out there, and I know this one has been out there for six years. Uh, now, which I keep like, that sounds like it's a thing other than I've just been trucking ahead, you know, like, and, and Terry, Terry has been trucking with me. Well, it's love. Um, it's it's yeah. also, all, also based on love because if we didn't have any listeners, we I, wouldn't be doing it. I just feel like we were there first for some of the watch through podcasts before it became a thing. You know, I think that, I mean, there's other Twilight Zone podcasts out there. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, I feel like every show now has like, we're going to watch it together. And it's like, you know, like there's so many other shows out there, other podcasts that are like, we were part of the show. And I'm like. You know, good on you. You guys have, you know, made your bones making, you know, um, scrubs and other things like, you know, and doing watch throughs. We were, we were there six years ago, starting this up. It's fine. Whatever. Anyway. So I'm not bitter. You're bitter. What? Anyway. So, all right. Um, before, uh, we're out of here, let's talk about what we're doing next. And now Mr. Serling. So next episode is season one, episode six, uh, segment a examination day. I don't know what this is, but if it involves tests, I'm already freaking out because I didn't study at all. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, we're going in this blindly, and I uh, uh, hope you guys are going to be there with us. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go do it for us this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, I don't know. Uh, if you run into gods, um, I, just, I don't know. I don't know, like um, maybe not get a, a, a shot by them or just steer clear unless they give you wine. If they give you a bunch of wine, that's a pretty cool God, God to hang out with. Wine is good. Judges should award this one all five, all five ribbons. No, medals. And there's only three, old friend, but who's counting? Certainly not me. Hi.